This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. I'm Jack. Ronnie's here. I'm here. So let me give you some background, Nick. Yes. Nick and Martin, infiltration is over. It is over. I refuse to do a Marvel podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I have with me Rob Krieger. Thanks very much, Jack. I appreciate it. James Carlson with us. It's an honor and a privilege. Daryl Taylor. I wake up and shoot bullets out of my arms. (laughs) (laughs) The Admantium is killing me with these episode of the Ultimate Marvel Podcast, sponsored by... This is episode 16 of the Ultimate Marvel Podcast. I'm Jack, and once again we got with us Nick Wetmore. Hello. And James Carlson. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for you joining. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um... So we're going to go totally off script today because there's no big news, at least not that I'm aware of. So we can go wherever you guys want. Um, But I did want to continue a discussion we had on Marvel events because Ronnie and I, a couple podcasts ago, were talking about Secret Empire. And I thought the last good Marvel event was Secret Wars, Hickman's uh, event. Um, and Ron- Ronnie thought it was much longer ago than that. But Nick, you actually may have been a bigger fan of Secret Wars than even I was, right? Oh gosh, <laughs> don't even don't even ask how many offshoot trades I read of Secret Wars. I I think I could answer answer that with uh, the amount that I haven't read is probably less than three. So I was all in on that event. Did you like the main event? Um, yeah, and the and I would say anyone that didn't like it were, was probably reading it during that horrible delay schedule. Reading oh, plot. as opposed to reading it after the fact, like yeah, because I yeah. read it as a trade and it and it really worked for me. Yeah, it it had great pacing. We we talked about this on the last um, the last episode because I was saying Secret Empire felt like the best. Um, event since Secret Wars because I love Secret War. Um, mm-hmm. Ronnie didn't like it, so he was saying it was the best event since something a long time ago. I thought Secret War was awesome. The whole concept was was really cool to me, and seeing Doom sort of sitting on the throne. That first issue after the the Accursion event, which we had been like, which Hickman had been dragging out for years to the point mm-hmm. where it's actually, I mean too long but finally we, oh my it, it happens and now we see this new world with doom sitting on the throne i was like this is awesome i was blown away i love the incursion event yeah i just that, that whole but i mean hickman when hickman's hitting when he steps up to the plate and he is in control he's hitting home runs left and right yeah like he did one of the best Fantastic Four runs. He did one of the best for me. Cosmic Avenger runs. It was when you let him go and just do whatever the heck he wants and just play in the sandbox. Oh yeah. my lord! Well, that incursion event was it started in that his Fantastic Four run. Yes, it was. And I, I love Hickman. I read his image stuff too. My only mm-hmm. my only problem with him is that he does tend to 
take storylines and drag them out for a long time. He's doing that right now with East of West. East of I West. Love, I love me some East of West. Yeah. But you you also have to realize he's stretching out things, at least the way I, I, I care to look at it, is he's stretching out things to make it more cinematic, <laughs> to give pacing and let the art like speak a little bit. And let the story like yeah. take a back seat, right. or if you if you want to look at it a little um, pessimistically, is he just padding the issues so that he can pump out a couple more trades within that series? Possibly, because you <laughs> sort of have to hit six to yeah. eight issues before you have a trade. And the art, man, I, I love the art in East of West, so I don't I don't mind that from that that yeah. point. It's like a Sergio Leone. Western, but <laughs> set set in a crazy universe. Trust me, on the first episode of Nerdy Legion, where I accidentally and I had a well, I was pretty drunk, um, but I had a brain fart and and said that everyone was sitting on a comfy couch, and then from that point forward, ninety six episodes later, Martin's always like, "You gotta call up the comfy couch. Come on, that's where we're at. That's where we're sitting <laughs> down." Like. Trust yeah. me, the, some things evolve hey. and you wish they wouldn't have evolved. <laughs> right. Well, they remembered it. Yeah. Well, they were. Yes, Martin remembered it and he'll never let me forget it. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed the time in the Marvel Clubhouse, let me tell you. This yeah. was a good time. Thanks for. You Thanks guys for, have been talking about Marvel a lot on, on, over on your podcast. So it's about time. Well, well the, there's on. some. There's some fun stuff happening at Marvel. Yeah. Everyone always wants to slag on them just because they love DC. And I get DC's doing some pretty cool stuff right now. But Marvel's still out there. Yeah. They're still doing some good stuff. Ever since Rebirthically, or Rebirthically, ever since uh, Re- <laughs> Rebirth stole the, the thunder from the comic industry, Marvel's been sort of trailing. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. They got legacy coming up, so maybe they can redeem some of that, or uh, or they can totally do something horrible. We'll see. Well, Martin and I recorded Sunday, and he gave me a little chit chat about Secret Empire, and holy Christ, does that sound awesome? Yeah, it's good. Off to a good start. And Martin even said that, well, we went off on this tangent like we usually do. And he he even stated, I wish Marvel would just keep this pocket universe and just have two separate universes. Because he really dug this universe from the even just one issue. The Hydra universe, you mean? Yeah. Huh. And I dig that. I was just like, well, that's why I like Secret Wars. I'm like, because it yeah. was like an Elseworld book. It was... Tons of fun, right? Yeah. Well, I think I think um, Nick Spencer's. He's just telling it better than um, than who did? Oh, like IVX with Charles Soule and yep. Lemire writing that. It just it was it was too. Um, there was one story. It didn't it didn't really go anywhere. It was just like we got two different teams of people and they're going to fight each other. And that's all this is going to be about. Where Secret Empire, he's he's going into. He has this sort of street level thing going. He has his 
the Hydra takeover, and then there's you know superheroes trapped in space, and then there's um, mm. you know the the he has a lot of different elements going on at once. It makes it interesting, and it's toggling back and forth, sort of like sort of like a movie you know would do. That sounds so good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's I, only two issues in though. He has to land but it. Can, but considering everyone was completely down on his jock for the whole Nazi cap, it's like, man, oh, they, have, they, have people have people done a one eighty on him? Well, they still are on him. Really? Because yeah. all I'm seeing is praise and love. Yeah, at least for saying, Secret Empires one. They were saying that at. Um, at C2E2, that people walked out of the room when they were reading excerpts from uh, issue one. When people heard how it ended, they were they were like somebody was crying, somebody got mad and walked out, and like people don't like seeing Cap. People are upset that Captain America is not his typical, you know, voice for liberty. He split he, like there's this persona that goes along with captain america now that they've he's not that anymore like people are really upset and it's weird it's like who cares yeah people need to pump the brakes a little bit it's like you can't enjoy a story because because of that i mean that's that's what i don't know i i would love to look at the numbers of cap sales before death of captain america yeah to 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 really get a gauge on like how popular is he, because it didn't seem like he was a huge bestseller until that hit, and then he sort of, I mean, Brew Baker made him huge, and then right. guess what? The movie followed, so yeah. that helped. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, when you were a kid, did you know who Captain America was? Absolutely, you did. I don't think I did. Oh, without a doubt. But when I was a kid, even before, um, well, after reading it for a decade or so, I hate to say it, Captain America wasn't guesting on all these books. It was Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Wolverine. It wasn't Captain America. And it wasn't Iron Man. Like, Iron Man was a C-level character. Oh, for sure. Iron Man, too. I didn't know who Iron Man was as a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. So now, when I say kid, why, I don't that's mean. That's why all. I don't mean like but, a, a teenager. I mean like when you were ten, twelve years old. I I only knew him because he was in the Avengers, and I used to buy Avengers because you know, as a young child, and you don't have that much money, why wouldn't you get a comic book that had eight superheroes <laughs> in it of instead one. of one? Right. Yeah. So I I always knew him from that, but. I wasn't interested in him. He was too much of a goody goody. I wasn't interested in Tony Stark either. Yeah. But well, there were other Robert Downey Jr. made Tony Stark. For sure. I mean, he's he's he, he made the whole Marvel MCU as far as I'm concerned. That's what's really kicked it off, but yeah, who I mean, who cared about Tony Stark before uh Robert Downey Jr.? If they would have miscast that, I don't think we would even be close to where we are now. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's why bank uh, pull up the Brinks truck for Robert Downey Jr. Oh like, yeah. Holy cow! When I was a kid, he, man, I, I, I re- it was it was it was all Spider Man. It was all Hulk, as far as Marvel goes. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. were. They, I mean, those are the big ones. And then it was Batman, Superman, 
Wonder Woman. I don't remember many other Marvel characters when I was a really, really? young kid. X-Men. Yeah, I was going to say, where's X-Men? X-Men, but that was when I was getting older. I, I read X-Men in, like, in high school. But when I was like 10 or 12, I don't remember X-Men, I wow. think. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Yeah, I would agree, guys. I, um, Cap and Iron Man, when it came to comics, they were always B or C characters. I always preferred Spider-Man or X-Men. And what made Captain America cool for me on the same lines was Infinity Gauntlet. He was the guy, was that issue five where he walks up, he was the basically the last man standing and walks up and confronts Thanos. I mean, it's quintessential. It's one of the best scenes in probably Marvel history. Yeah. That's what made Captain America cool for me. Y'all going to make me want to read that again. I need to read it again before the movie. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. I might have to buy the digital collection because I'm too lazy to actually go and find my floppies because it's on sale right now. <laughs> of, of Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> yep. It's four ninety nine, well, and I can't. I can't even think. Do I buy a fancy coffee with that five dollars, <laughs> or buy just a quintessential book that? Well, at least you. I hate to say. I hate to say it. Like all these people that, like, I get how important Watchmen is, and I get how important like Killing Joke is, but give me Infinity Gauntlet. I would read that over those two like seminal books. I would read Infinity Gauntlet probably three times for every one Watchmen read. It was was so much fun. Now, now I wonder, though, because, man, I loved it in the 90s. And I love it now, but it's partly for nostalgic reasons. Well, yeah, for sure. I wonder if Infinity Gauntlet came out right now for the first time. Mm -hmm. Nobody had ever read it before. Do you think it would have the same response that it had back then? Is George Perez drawing it? Like he like he draws now, or is George Perez drawing it like the eighties? Oh man, you're making it too complicated. I was thinking just the story, but I guess you can't just take the story without the art. I would that would still be a big seller because what even fifty year old comic book readers currently, if you do a big event that has tons of characters in it. What 50-year-old reader wouldn't want to buy that? And also, what 10-year-old reader won't be like, I've seen 10 of those people on a movie screen. I'm going to try that out. It's a a no-brainer. And it's a cosmic event. They don't do big cosmic events anymore. And And it's a smart cosmic event. You have to think about it. It's not just spoon fed to you. Yeah. And that's why it's time for me. That's why it's timeless. Have you read any of uh, Starlin's um, current Infinity storyline stuff? I have not. He has a trilogy, and it's they. I think they only came out in hardcovers. Um, Mm. Three different Infinity storylines, and they're they're they feature Thanos and Warlock. Uh, I was curious if you like them as well. James, did you read those? You know, I I think I I haven't read them. I may own one or two of them. They still may be shrink wrapped. I'm gonna have to uh, <laughs> my library. I feel embarrassed. They they weren't. Uh oh. They weren't all that great. I was curious what you guys would say though. 
They were they were you know? good. If you're a fan of Starlin and what he did with Warlock and Thanos in the '90s, then you'll like it for that reason. If you don't care about that, then you're probably like, "Meh, this is okay." I like I that he's just building onto it like a soap opera. <laughs> I think that's fun, right? And they, you know what? It's not even connected to anything. They just let him do whatever he wants. But if you think about, like, I don't know how much Starlin you've read outside of like the Marvel U, but there's always some spiritual none aspect. I've read none. you never. You never read Dreadstar. From Epic Comics, which no. is an offshoot of Marvel Comics. No, I have, I do have a, oh, you know what? It's not even written by Starlin. At the, at SC Comic Con, I bought the ominous stuff, and he did a cover on one of those. I, I, I was thinking he wrote it, but he didn't. He's, he just did the art on one of the ominous, gotcha. the ominous books. But, I, and James, I don't know if you ever read Dreadstar, but that is, a space opera that is just amazing. And there is some spiritual, like soul searching story points, but just watching, having Jim Starlin create his own universe. And then the action scenes are just crazy, but it is a big, huge space opera. Now, what year was that? When is that from? 82, 84. Okay. Yeah, I but it's it. really no, sharp. Yeah. I don't really think I good have read it. I don't think I have because I got into him in the nine. I got into comics in the nineties, okay, because of Starlin, and I haven't read a lot of him before that. It's it's fun. It's a fun read. But Death of Captain Marvel, that's well worth reading. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I don't know. Did you ever read Starlin's Captain Marvel back in the day? I don't think so. Oh, it's so good. It is. Um, one of my buddies sold me, and needless to say, this is old band brain, so I definitely could get some of these details wrong. But Captain Marvel has these nega bands on him, like wristbands. Right. And, and if he clangs them together, he goes into this, like, different space. And he is connected to Rick Jones from the Hulk. <laughs> oh wow! So Rick Jones will appear on Earth yeah. with these because of the Nega bands. Yeah. So then, when he clicks them, then Captain Marvel comes back. Yeah. And it's it's just such a strange concept, but so cool. And it's even um, it's brought out like. In the modern times, uh, a few writers have used it as well as I think Bendis used it in Alias. Right. When he tracked down Rick Jones and Rick yeah. Jones talked about his life and he talked about those nega bands. Now this is but like I thought, Captain Marvel in the, what, like 70s? Oh, yeah. This is like 78. Yeah. This was when, I mean, I would love to say like, oh, my God, this is so. And it was original, very right. original. But it also, like, what the hell are you smoking, Jim Starlin? Like, yeah. conceptually, it was so out there. Oh, yeah, well, that seems to be a theme for him for a while. But Death of Captain Marvel, highly recommend. If you wanted to just go buy that digitally, yeah, just on the cheap, and then if you decide you like it, hey, everybody that we just talked about tonight is in it. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't like the new Captain Marvel 
um, compared to the original. She seems to not be very popular. Yeah, that's weird. But I don't like Kelly Sue DeConnick, but I even but I liked her take on the character. Yeah. It was a lot more military, which is okay. I think Brie Larson has some big shoes to fill. She has to really sell oh. that character because people I don't think are going into she, that wanting to see her. Wanting to see that she, character. She could be fun. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. I'm not saying that negatively about her, but it's yeah, just going to be a, it's going to be a hard character to sell to fans, I think. Oh, I think I disagree. I think that you is think a so? character that that you can sell to every daughter and adolescent teen yeah. female. That that will be huge when you look at Comic-Cons the year after that movie comes out. I could see a lot of people dressing up as her. Like Marvel's I've, Marvel's uh Wonder Super Woman. Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to say it, I think I would really like to see, I don't have children, but if I did have a daughter, I think I'd really like to see her in a Captain Marvel outfit than a Harley Quinn outfit. So, <laughs> Agreed. Agreed, man. Uh, yeah, man, I'm looking at, Starlin's written a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I haven't actually read. Oh, but Jack, let me say, because uh, I've read some Starlin that are, that's just god awful. Just oh, yeah. god awful. But there's when, when you hit on a gem, holy mackerel, is it fun? Yeah. I don't know why that is. A lot of his recent stuff, he's not the same anymore as he used to be. No. He had a Thanos vs. Hulk run about a couple years ago. Man, it was mm-hmm. it was bad. It was repellent. It was so bad. And it had Pip in it, so you would have hated it even more. Does Hulk crush him? I might have liked it then. No, Hulk's like subdued the whole thing by Thanos. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I I have to say, going back to the original Guardians, I would love to see a Vance Astro story. Because I always thought that was a cool alternate version of Captain America. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I would just love to have that told, but I could see that being pretty confusing to people who who only go see the films. Well, he had... Didn't he carry the shield? Yeah. Absolutely. And he was frozen in ice. Yeah. Ah, so fun. Yeah, that would be confusing. But, you know, these contracts are going to run up soon. So, Mm -hmm. I mean... I think they're going to have to start replacing some of these characters. And I don't think if they really want to keep the, MC, the, the MCU as tight as it's been, you can't just replace the actor. you got to discontinue that character. If, if, you, know? you can't, For example, you can't replace Robert Downey Jr. If, if, he, hmm. if he doesn't sign back on with Marvel for whatever reason, you've got to do something else with Iron Man. You've got to go with the new young Riri or whatever they're doing. Um, I was just about to say, didn't they already replace Iron Man in the in the comics? Well, he's still there. He's nobody knows where he's at. He's missing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I completely disagree with your statement. I think Marvel can get rid of anyone and replace them with anyone. You think they could replace Robert Downey Jr.? They could have a different Tony Stark in the next movie in Infinity War. <laughs> How old do you want Robert Downey Jr. to be on screen? I'm not saying they can't 
replace Iron Man, I'm saying they can't replace Tony Stark. If they want to keep making Iron Man, putting Iron Man in these movies, I'm saying they need to do, they need to go like Riri. They need to have a new actor that's not Tony Stark. I, I'm saying that they can't replace Tony Stark and they can't replace Iron Man. They can replace Robert Downey Jr. It's like replacing uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yep, you know, and they did, and they did that too. Roles. So, so, so then explain it to me. What's the beyond Robert Downey Jr.? What's what's the movie look like? What's the casting look like in the character? Oh my gosh! Holy mackerel! Give, um, give me an example. They could throw anyone from Hunger Games in there just to bring in any young adult reader. Boop! Right, right in. But how much they, will that? How much will that dumb actor bring in? But are they Tony Stark how, or are they somebody else? Oh no! Just make them Tony Stark. Look at my hey! What? Look at my spy! Look at my Spider Man. There's three actors that have been Spider Man. Yeah, but but anyone's replaceable. But Spider Man hasn't had a cornerstone actor like Robert Downey Jr. Tobey Maguire was pretty uh, popular. Not. And he wasn't in that, I don't know, man. And I, hey, with Wolverine also, like I don't think they can replace Hugh Jackman. I have no problem if they replace Hugh Jackman. That's tough. I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see somebody else. Now, and it's a little bit different because, like, Spider Man hasn't been in this shared cinematic universe that we have now. So where mm-hmm. everything's kind of supposed to tie together. Um, so I think that makes it a little bit different. If it was just another one, you know, one-shot movie by Sony or something, then whatever, put whoever you want there. But if it's going to tie into all this other stuff we've been following and the Easter eggs that we've been tying together, I just can't see somebody else playing Tony Stark. I think it would be tough. Jack, I they did it. With, favorite, they did it with Bruce Banner though, didn't they? Absolutely. But that was earlier. They're on. on. They're on the third Bruce Banner. <laughs> or fourth, if you count TV. Um, my favorite character has always been and ever and will will be till I die is Peter Parker Spider-Man. And when I heard that Spider-Man was being rolled up into the Marvel U, I I remember distinctly, what was it, a year and a half ago, talking to Martin and saying they should get rid of Peter Parker. Bring in Miles Morales. Right. Make it. Make a it. A lot of people just, thought. A lot of people said that. Let's bring some diversity to the Marvel youth, and let's bring some youth. Yeah. Like I, I do not want to see a fifty-five-year-old Tony Stark. I, I, I will see an old character for Professor X, sure. But I have no problem them switching those characters out at all. And I think it would be brand confusion if all of a sudden it's like, who's this Riri? What? What's going on? What? Well, they have to have a story to go along with it. She can't pop out of nowhere. But they're sure. introducing characters left and right right now, so <laughs> they can make it work. I'm frightened about uh, the Infinity War. Uh, how many guesstimated heroes I'm, there's going to be in I that? I am too. I'm wondering if... They're trying to bite off a little bit more than they can chew. Or is it just going to be guest star central? Like, oh, there's Spider-Man swinging in the background. 
and then he's gone. Yeah, I think it's going to be Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, and then everybody else is going to be really spotty cameos here and there. Yeah, that makes sense. If I, I agree, if I had to guess, but I like Jane's idea of uh, Thanos going around getting all of the gems. Because maybe that's how, guess what, Doctor Strange comes in, Thanos grabs the gem from him, boop, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like it's a quick three-minute scene. Who the hell knows? Well, if they're going to do that, can they at least, for hey, five-minute scene where he grabs the stone out of, the soul stone out of Warlock, Adam Warlock's head. That's all I, <laughs> that's all I need. I think what you're going to get is the soul stone sitting in like a little case and that's how he gets it (laughs) gosh i think adam is not going to be seen for two to three movies but i'm holding out hope because that's the one stone that has is still mia they're holding Mm -hmm. it out for something or ragnarok (laughs) yes that's the that's the rumor also that's probably that's probably right oh my gosh so you think they're going to write him out of infinity gauntlet and he's just going to show up face Four. I can see Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War being part one, part two, and not two totally separate different things. I think it's going to be like a Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back, or I should say mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi. I think I think the first one will probably end on a down note and that it will yeah. go to a positive note. Yeah, and if I, they and if they do that, that's pretty freaking ballsy. Because how many film series end on dour notes? That's pretty ballsy to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've 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 sort of been leaning the other way. I, I because well, they said that the movies aren't related, um, but come on. The way they're filming, filming them so close together and releasing them within a, a fair, as far as movies goes, a, a short time frame, it makes you think that that you know what you said might be the case. I mean, do they want a sixty-five-year-old Tony Stark flying around? Well, no, that's, but that's what I was saying. I don't, I don't, I think they have to write. They have to. They have to. Re- I don't think they're going to renew his contract. He's he's too expensive and he's getting old. Um, but I don't. I think that has to be the end of Tony Stark. That's all I was saying. And I'm not so sure they might not have to do that. Well, Chris Evans. I think he said he said something about his contract that he he, he you know it's getting ready to end as well. And I, again, I mean, I don't care about Chris Evans. I don't. I can't even name a movie off the top of my head that he's been in outside of Captain America. But um, I still, I'm not sure I want to see somebody else just jump in that role. Chris Evans still values himself as an actor, not just a superhero actor. So, well, unless 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 they're backing up a Brinks truck, they're going to go <laughs> with a younger person. Um. Well. Give uh, Falcon the shield. They did it in the comics. I hope you were joking. <laughs> Winter Soldier. Yeah, there you go. Of that I can get behind. I mean, Captain America doesn't have to be in every Marvel movie. Uh, he sort of is the cornerstone for Marvel. Yeah. 
Okay, Whether we'll you see. like him or not, I, or he's popular, hey, that's sort of how they gauged it. If I, but I think hell, somebody look, look right now. The first family of Marvel doesn't even have their own comic book title. So, good point. Oh right. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because they. Oh, I un- I understand why it happened, but it should never have happened. They're waiting for legacy. Yeah. When legacy rolls around, I'm telling you, that's going to be the return of the Fantastic Four. Dang it. Now I feel like you two are, you're like inside my wallet. I'm buying Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> right now, and I'm starting to read it. <laughs> Dang it. Both of you. Get out of my head. Hey, I'll, I'll save you some money. Just read Secret Empire and then wait to see and then buy Generations, which is is the fallout of Secret Empire, and mm-hmm. that's going to lead to Legacy. Just buy those two things and then wait to see what happens with Legacy. You don't need to read anything else in the meantime. I'm convinced there's not going to be any other major titles. It's all going to be fluff. But, Jack, for the price, actually... The price of Secret Empire is one dollar more than the entire story of Infinity Gauntlet. Wow! How is that? How is that value? Well, you don't get into comics for value. Oh, I don't. I don't get into comics to sell any of them. But you know, <laughs> some people thought they could get themselves through college by buying comics. I'm. I'm not one of those yeah. dum dums. They never went to college either, right? <laughs> but guess what? If Secret Wars or Secret Empire might have some fantastic stuff in it, but it's hard to beat George Perez Starlin. Yeah, pretty hard. Yeah, for sure. I can't. Yeah. I can't argue with you about that. So good. Now, well, I guess I should add, I know you're huge in Marvel, Jack, and I don't know about you, James, but I know a lot of people have compared, like, Crisis on Infinite Earth compared to Infinity Gauntlet. Like, which is the Desert Island read? For, for me, it would be Infinity Gauntlet. I did enjoy Crisis. It's kind of like the, uh, the original... Uh, Valiant, uh, the Unity. I don't. I think those are just the the top events. I uh, yeah. I mean, when it came to the MCU, everything was leading up towards Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, even in the in the film, that's the biggest. It's just the biggest story. I don't think it gets any bigger or, or better. Yeah, it definitely is the roadmap that all other events sprung from. I don't need to answer this question. Trying to get right? back. Well, you do run the Ultimate Marvel <laughs> podcast. I was actually curious if you ever read Crisis on Infinite Earth. I haven't. Interesting. I feel like I should. Well, maybe, that, maybe oh. that's why you shouldn't have answered it. Because <laughs> now you're going to be flamed. <laughs> was it good? Was it great? Oh, yeah. It it was it's great, and to be honest with you, the more DC you read, the more you can reread yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earth and get even more out of it. There's so yeah. many like hidden 
and layered stuff in there that see it's that's my problem really impressive and that's the reason I never got into DC every time I picked up a title it felt like there was something missing because I didn't know the history of what I was reading yeah some so of I, it I never stuck with any of my DC stuff yeah some of it they made it so convoluted in the history that it's not new reader friendly whatsoever yeah. And I know a lot, and I've said it on Nerdy Legion umpteen times, and people mock me all the time, but Stan Lee sort of had something right how many decades ago when he's like, you write a comic book because in your head you think it's this person's first comic book. Yeah, right, and that's for sure. That, and that's sort of how you should approach things. I think that's a smart business way to approach comic books. Yeah, that's tough because... I've definitely, since hanging out with all these Valiant fans, people get a little cranky if you don't appeal to like the, the hardcore, the older fans who have read all the stuff and that really want those deep storylines that dig into the, you know, that connect the dots and dig into the history and whatnot. Well, so I'm that's sure. That's a balancing act. I'm sure if James wouldn't have brought up Unity on this podcast, I'm sure he probably would have been thrown off of his Collecting Valiant podcast. <laughs> it's in my DNA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to mention this. <laughs> oh, but it, you bring up a good point about Stan Lee, and I'm wondering if that's what contributed to Chris Claremont. I swear, every time there was an Uncanny X-Men book, Claremont would, would have to review their code names, their special abilities. It's like he had to rehash what people's mutant powers were in every issue. So I wonder if that's where that came from. I, I don't know. I know Claremont got, uh, got some grief from that, uh, that overplayed tactic. See, I can, looking at it, at the landscape of comics the last decade, I miss that. I miss the re... And I can appreciate whenever... And Bendis was pretty good at it towards... Not at the beginning of his Marvel run, but like the middle portion. He was pretty good at like, here's a recap page. And it's just text. And if you want to read it, feel free. If you don't, go to the next page. But I really, I miss the recap. I don't want it to be, like Claremont would do it over four pages. It would, <laughs> it sort of drove you crazy. But I, and I miss like the little editor's notes. If people yes. would just add in editor's notes, then instead of you saying secret wars or, you know, secret invasion, just give me a little asterisk and, and tell me to go to what issue to read a little bit more. I'll do the investigating. I have no problem. But if you don't give me that editor note, it's like, I have no, like that comic books at issue 500. Where, can, where do I have to go back to issue 18 or issue 235? I have no idea. Totally agree. You're reading my mind. It's yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't want to read a Wikipedia page. Like that is not on the readers to create a Wikipedia page to be able to give me a roadmap. That's on the editors to give me that roadmap. I shouldn't have to leave your content to go search out other content. I don't know. It's the landscape's so strange, but I, I will say the how DC is sort of impen impenetrable right now. 
I do appreciate that most modern writers are writing for trades and they try to not bring all that history and baggage in because they just assume this could be your first trade. And I think that's a smart way to approach it. Like anyone could hand you like the vision trade from Tom King and anybody could read that and they don't really need to know any of the history of the vision because it's all right there. Mm-hmm. What, what what part of the history you don't need is not included. So it's sort of a scaled down version. And I think that's I think that's smart. Cuz I'm sure I'm sure Jack would love to read a little bit of DC if it wasn't like okay now what's this like right, right. now there's a Batman Flash crossover that includes the Watchmen, yeah. but yet it's in this other alternate. <laughs> is this really happening right now, or what? Yeah, I, like, gra- I I picked up a few Rebirth titles, and the the two I wound up sticking with was Superman and Wonder Woman. But even Wonder Woman, man, that thing's is, is confusing. I and I stuck uh, with it because I I like Greg Rucka, but um, I'm right there with you, Jack. I would have bailed if it wasn't for Rucka. Yeah. But he, I can trust him. There's writers that I know this stuff's going to pay off. I might have to stick with it for six issues, and it takes them six months to finally pay that off. But it's pretty sweet when they pay it off. It isn't just a roll of the dice and hope that this writer's good enough to to put a bow on it. Yeah, I hope so. Now, Superman, on the other hand, has been awesome. It's been solid for 22 issues or whatever it's been. Yeah, I finally read the first trade of Superman, as well as the first trade of the Superboy with Damien. Yeah. Okay. And those are those are spectacular. Yeah. So does every every superhero in uh, DC now have to have a a kid or like a ten year old sidekick? I think Is that's that that? pretty cool. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool, and real. And I think that speaks to the where the writers are in their life. Yeah, they they probably all have children. You're probably right, but I think that's sort of neat. To be honest with you, like looking at Mark Wade's Champions, I yeah. I love that it. I even if it's a even if you think it's a crap series, I love that it's like pre teenage heroes. Yeah. At least it's a whole different yeah, voice. Yeah, be- man, I don't think Marvel's handled that well. Like the way they've handled it in uh, Secret Empire, I think has been super interesting. But mm-hmm. man, for a lot of fans, it seems like they've created a divide between the older fans and the younger fans. It seems that way, for sure. But I mean, look at Miss Marvel. How many of the older fans don't she, like yeah. don't like it? How many older fans don't like uh, what is it? Devil Dinosaur or uh, Moon Girl? Yeah, Moon Girl. Yeah, it's true. just it's something that's new. And guess what? Not a not every comic has to be for you. Yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty of Wolverine and Spider Man out there. Go read those. Yeah, Miles. Now the one business title I do like is is Miles Morales. His Spider Man title I think has been great. 
see, I need Jack, I need you to read Bendis when he was doing good superhero work. <laughs> I need you to read his Daredevil run. That was spectacular. That was really, really good. But it's it wasn't a superhero work. It was a crime noir story. Right. It, and there was hardly any action. But it was beautifully told. It was a good like detective story. But trust me, I can for every one good Bendis title I could give you, I also can name four that just didn't work. Yeah. And I hate I I don't like that. I I wish I was wrong, but yeah. But I'm also the person that liked the beginnings of all new X-Men. At least it was something different. <laughs> and guess and guess what? He brought back the X-Men that I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> I might not have had the same voice to the to the characters, but I liked I liked the adolescent X-Men. They were fun. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about that. Um, so how about we go ahead and wrap this up? Very good. Well, thanks for the invite. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. If uh, anyone wants to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at Ultimate Marvel Pod. Thank you all for the well, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Thanks, Nick. It was a pleasure. Yes, it is over. All right, man. <laughs>